I want to preface this by saying that this man does not find Rihanna attractive, so you have to take whatever he says out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, this nigga. Go oh, ahead. This nigga. <laughs> oh. Yo, what's good? Your boy, South 706. This is KTSCF Podcast, episode 108. Podcast, know we just kick it. We appreciate y'all supporting us on anywhere you get your uh, streaming services for podcasts. Definitely follow us on Spotify. We're trying to get our numbers up. Right now, we're at 10 followers. It sounds very measly, but we just started our Spotify campaign. So our goal is to get to 100. And once we get to 100, then uh, we might do something to uh, get back to that. Anyways, appreciate you guys out there. We have uh, our illustrious host, Mr. Savage, the tech side, Lowski, the anime god, and that brother, that brother Lowski from Yes Another Podcast. What's good, y'all? What's up, man? But did you just butcher my name yet again? Yes, I, I did. My my intro was very. Uh, it wasn't as smooth as usual. You know what I'm saying? I'm like struggling. <laughs> Let me get this straight off the break. I heard that episode where y'all trashed it. I'm on the guy. It's not King Lowe. It's not that thing Lowe. It's that Gretel Lowe. Right. You know. All right. Actually, we are gonna stand you. I'm glad you brought that up. Loski, what's good, man? Man, I'm chilling. I'm starting my vacation, and I'm in the kitchen about to make some burgers. Man. I thought you were about to whip up some like coke or something like that. That's, that's what's up. Crack <laughs> stove guy. Yes, whip it up. Tech was up. I, I would just like to say, uh, fuck Rev Ryan, fuck the Celtics, Jesus Christ, fuck KJ too. Like I don't understand how you cannot be your boss. Realize that it's like the king capital racism, and yet you still chipping. Feel like. Those two that for some weird reason share initials should be brought in front of the courts and they should be stoned to death for supporting that racist team. Uh, go GSWs, Dub Nation. Um, we're still going to win the championship. Uh, I-, I wanted uh, Rev Run, who's not here tonight, to take the bait and bet the meat mountain. Mount- <laughs> she refuses to do so because she has a lack of confidence in her team, but everything else is going good. Thanks for having me. I don't think KJ is actually a Celtics fan, though. Yeah, but he's a Patriot fan. Oh, he's, fan. Yeah. He, he's, he's one of the type of niggas to just pick all the popular teams and just likes it. Damn. It's disgusting to be a Patriots fan if you're black. Yeah, so small story about KJ. So back when that infamous uh, Super Bowl with the Falcons, uh, when the game was going in a particular direction, I was quiet the whole time. I wasn't saying nothing. I wasn't popping no shit. This man sent me a voice message on Twitter, like yelling and going crazy and like losing his mind. And normally I'm like the screenshot guy. And I, I normally say stuff like that, but I guess after they came back and when he deleted it, cause I was going to put his ass on, blast on the internet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it, it was, it was hilarious, man. But, I used to beat his ass in Madden all the time. I had to retire his ass. Yeah, but anywho, uh, speaking of bullets, the smooth transition to the Uvalde Police Department, apparently not cooperating with the investigation into the Uvalde Police Department with the shooting of 19 small children and two adults. Because, like, it's crazy in this country that the police are essentially militarized, and then in that same breath that they are kind of made heroes for really not doing anything heroic 
Um, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole Blue Lives Matter thing popped up as a opposition, a direct opposition to Black Lives Matter. And we're both had this reverence to police. And again, I said this in the podcast, like I think last episode, like what do we pay the police to do? Right. Police are there for violence intervention. And in this particular situation, there was violence to be intervened in. They didn't do it. You send police for mental health issues. They're not prepared for that. Yet we still send them and, you know, more violence ensues. You send police to schools and like children that are having crises, children that are going through things. And what do police do? Agitate the situation and assault children, arrest children for no reason. But when they are called upon to do their duty and protect and serve, little kids, parents, adults, nowhere to be found. And then they come out and spread lies, essentially trying to blame the teachers, saying the teachers left a door propped open. And then saying like, oh, we engaged with the shooter before he went inside and all kinds of stuff. When there is now evidence and tapes and recordings that getting calls from children inside the school saying like, hey, we need help, like we're being shot and minutes, very precious life-saving minutes going by and nothing's happening. The latest I saw was that the chief of police who I saw on Twitter was sworn in as a councilman shortly after that incident did not have a police radio on him at the time of the, of the incident. So how are you supposed to communicate as the police chief and not have the proper communication tools, right? That is that is insane to me. On top of the other shootings that have happened before and after that. Shout out to the victims of Buffalo. Let's not let us let them forget about that. Um, that was also very tragic. And I, I did see an interesting uh, take that, hey, after Uvalde shooting, that the Republicans are pushing for teachers to be armed and carry weapons. But after the Buffalo shooting, nobody was encouraging Black people to carry weapons and be armed. So just, again, keep that same energy. Let's not let the Buffalo thing fall to the wayside. Black and brown queens and kings and queens, definitely arm yourself, protect yourself, and do what you got to do. Be vigilant, man. Like, if you see, if, if something don't feel right, man, like, get out of there. You know what I'm saying? I've said this on the podcast before. We need to start treating suspicious-looking white cats like they do any black people. Case in point, there's been times in my life where I've just been walking down the street, minding my business, maybe peek at a car that looks nice and keep pushing, and five minutes later, police show up, literally doing nothing. But we'll see a white dude walking down the street in 90-degree weather in like a trench coat or, or jeans and a hoodie, and we say nothing. Like, that's suspicious activity. Call the police in the ass. What do y'all think? I'm very much still heated about the whole idea about those kids being slaughtered and the officers who are assigned to serve and protect stood outside not knowing what to do and I'm not sure how much of the reports were like accurate where people were saying that some of the officers are afraid of their life that's what you signed up for you signed up to at the very least take a bullet for somebody and to blame, you know, and to make excuses about, oh, well, we should have teachers armed. That is the dumbest thing you could, I can ever imagine. You, you expect a teacher who has no, let's say, let's say no experience um, shooting, like, anything outside of a firing range. In the midst of chaos, be able to have the composure to take down a gunman. With what kind of weapon? What, with a pistol? If they got an AK, I mean, if they got, like, a uh, rifle? How does that work? What happens if the teacher misses and hits one of the kids? How does that work? The right will make any excuse 
as long as it doesn't uh, hinder their Second Amendment right. And so that's where I stand on that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, especially with your last point about, you know, the folks on the, the right side of things. Um, <clears throat> they're going to, like, when you ask them any questions about it, it's immediately, no, don't take our guns. No, don't do this. No, don't do that. Um, to me, it's just a travesty that, like, when I hear some of the stories of the kids calling in, you know, the parents begging and pleading for their kids to be saved, and you're just thinking here, like, this person's locked in classrooms, just picking off kids as he feels, as he as he sees fit. Like, he, he had no regard for anyone's life. And I mean, if they would have engaged him, who knows? Maybe he would have chickened out and got back in the truck and dipped. You just never know. But why lie about it? Why lie about who left the door open? Who did this? Who did that? It seems like, and, and I'm, I've never been the type of conspiracy theory type of brother, but it, it just, it sounds like a bit of a conspiracy theory. Like, you guys are officers of the law. I know y'all got straps. And yeah, y'all might not have an AK-47, but I'm sure if y'all rush him and it's three or four of y'all compared to his one because one of the things that people have to realize it's a semi-auto he didn't have a fully auto so he still has to pull the the triggers or whatnot it's just ridiculous and you have over 20 people to lose their lives over that and even with the buffalo thing like you have people you know black of course this person drove what three hours just to find this particular store and just run amok. Um, it's just all pretty sad. And I think that during this time, we have a heightened sense of awareness about these things. But then when you hear stories about, we're already at almost 250 mass shootings this calendar year. We just made it to June. Like, you know, what? what's really going on? Like, I, I've, I've had a few conversations with different people who just told me, oh, well, you know, I need to keep my, you know, AR-15 or AK-47. And we went over this last week because of the government invasion that's pending and the food shortage and all that stuff. But it's like, realistically, there should be way tougher laws on guns to get those type of big weapons. Like, I had a conversation with one friend and I'm like, okay, I have a couple guns. I mean... I'm not Nicolas Cage from Face Off, so it's not like I'm just going to be walking down a hallway clapping people up. And even I would have to think, I'm not trained, but it's like, you know, if this person has an AR-15, automatically they have at least 30 rounds. A lot of them, they have drums, so you're looking at maybe 100 rounds, you're looking at multiple 30-round clips compared to one of my nines is 17 shot, the other one is 8 shots. I can't do shit against it. Fuck you, uh, Reverend. Wow, that's very rude. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of it, it. It doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And definitely uh, check us out next week. We're gonna have a uh, a gun enthusiast on the podcast, so it's gonna be very uh, exciting. I think it'll be a good conversation. But I definitely tap in for that. But one thing that I did see in the the video, and I, and I don't know if I mentioned it already, but like. I was saying that the one lady, they threatened to um, violate her probation if she went inside the school to save her children because the cops weren't. While watching that video, I saw a Tesla police car. And I had I had so many questions. I'm like, 
and and this goes right in the same lane with police departments having tanks and like militarized weaponry. Like there's absolutely no reason to have a Tesla police car. Like zero. Like there's no way you can sell that to me. I'm sorry. They're trying Can't to save gas to help out the environment, I assume. Shit, they are. They only got that shit to look good. Bro, they got the plaid. Them things are flying too, though. So you ain't, I, you ain't I, testing I the plaid. It was a, it was a model. It was a, I think it was a basic model three. But regardless, oh. that, that's like two whatever basic cars they be using. Like they're, they're doing a lot. And again, doing all that not to do a goddamn thing when the bullets start flying. And back to Los's point with the, with the teachers. Like my mom's a teacher. Um, she wants nothing to do with no type of gun, right? And you got to think about it. Like, hey, they're saying arm with these teachers to protect students against shooters. But there's trained cops, most of them or some of them who have prior military background that won't do it themselves. So you're expecting a 50, 60, 70-year-old lady or, or gentleman to become John Rambo in that situation? Like, what? are you serious? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And there are, like, documented cases um, of teachers having guns in the classroom and accidentally shooting students. It's a horrible idea. It's an absolutely horrible idea. And to go even deeper than that, like you know how much a Glock costs? Let's say five to seven hundred dollars. Fam, I've seen I've seen videos on Twitter of teachers and educators at like hockey games doing halftime contests to collect money to get school supplies for their classroom. But you want to give them pistols? But they can't get pens and papers to teach your badass kids reading, writing, arithmetic. Like stop. That's pretty much big every year for free. That's what I'm saying, man. You you underpay them. Like, come on. What's even worse than that? You have like a person like your your mother. Uh, My grandmother is a former teacher. I have an aunt that's a teacher, an uncle that uh, was a teacher as well. They've been promoted up. I don't think. I think that they're just like your mother in that sense. They don't. They don't want no smoke with carrying no guns, like at all. I mean, for some people guns make them nervous like you like when i sit here when i first got my first gun it was a smith and wesson and the power that i had in my hand like i could i could literally take somebody's life with this and you want to give that to a to an educator like who i mean even if they do train to shoot even if you get a Glock, five, six, seven hundred dollars, a Glock is not going to stand a chance against an AR-15. It won't even stand a chance against an AK-47, which is old technology, big, sloppy, heavy. It'll it'll tear down whoever has that pistol, unless you are an extremely accurate shot. So it's like get the hell out of here. Like at the end of the day, you sign up to be a teacher to help your community, to be an educator, to provide the knowledge needed for the future. Not to be the fucking Kingslayer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, it'd be crazy if they actually required the people that say protect and serve on their uniform to protect and serve. Like, what's the point of even having a police force if they're not going to do their job? And then, like, people, like, any, like, even with the Buffalo thing, people were like, oh, but y'all were screaming defund the police uh, a couple years ago. And it was like, but what did they do? The police didn't do anything in that situation. The police didn't do anything in Texas. There's always, 
oh, well, the police risk their lives every day. And studies show that uh, being a police officer is not even the most dangerous job. It's not even like the top top 10. So it's like, what are you actually doing? Like, did you just do it so you you can have a power trip? Or do you actually believe in helping protect your community? Because I don't believe that too many police officers out here now actually want to protect their community, bro. They just want to walk around with that badge and gun. Like, Get them they benefit. want to dispense justice unilaterally, but they don't want to actually get in the trenches and help people save their lives. I guarantee you, if it was a homeless black person, that ass would be fired up. Trust that. Every time. No questions asked. If it was a, a regular black person, they, they're not they're not bringing you in alive. They're finna put your face on a t-shirt. But if it's anybody else, now all of a sudden you don't want to do it. Now you got to wait for backup, stuff like that. Sean Bell, 100 shots. I understand these are different police, but you can go down countless of times that they have sprayed people to death, like overkill. But in this scenario, now you don't want to do anything. Now you want to wait for Border Patrol. Like, Yeah, and kind of to the, uh, to the defund the police point, <clears throat> this is kind of where that ties in. Like this is where, again, those resources weren't used properly. Those resources could have been diverted to uh, early prevention programs. Like, Hey, if there's people that need help with their mentals, you know, people that are going through things in their family, if they're having, you know, hard times at home or distressed, getting them that mental health along with not making it easy for them to get guns when they turn 18 or whatever, because again, people's brains are developing until they're like 25 the younger generation these days, I feel like that could be easily pushed to 30, right? Because their brains are essentially turned to bush because they've had like phones glued to their faces from birth. So to allow those people that are brought up in this era, and I'm not, and and I hate to do the whole video game thing, but when you're, you're playing games like Call of Duty, you're just kind of engrossed in all this violence all the time. That can warp your perspective. If you're a person who's not mentally stable, like it's it's just one of those things where again, the branding of quote unquote defund the police wasn't the greatest, but the the ideology behind it is what what needs to be kind of put in place. Like again, take some of those resources and invest it into the community, right? If people have jobs, if people have places to go at nighttime or whatever, they're less likely to commit crimes. Like it's pretty much an economics problem that is kind of turned into a policing and crime issue. But if you take care of the people, give them somewhere to stay, give them some, some, give them job opportunities that kind of keeps them out of places and predicaments where they make bad choices. Like it's, you don't have a bank robber if the person can feed their family. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of a chicken in the egg type situation. Shout out to that, that boy, GA, uh, Rev in the chat, Marcus in the chat. Definitely uh, at your homies and home ass on Twitter. Have them get in the chat too, especially if you know anybody who's a trouble fan. Uh, I want to definitely try to get them on the podcast to shed some light on uh, his impact in Atlanta. So, but yeah, and also I need somebody to check my lungs because that heat pack's still blowing. <clears throat> it's going strong, bro. <laughs> the heat pack's stinking, boy. Let them suffer. <laughs> so, shout out to shout that boy, Martin. yeah. He, he, he did. Uh, I did see that video where there was a, a 12 year old that robbed a gas station with a pistol. But you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, two way rights. Let's keep those guns in everybody's hands. Or at least whoever owned that gun, you got to lock it up better, man. 
can't can't have a twelve year old getting access to that. Um, uh, all right, Rev. This this is not the time nor the place for this. If you're That's in the crazy. chat, you, you <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I don't know. My I'm, innocent I'm, I'm brain a, said that she never got the opportunity to listen to his music. That's that's what I read. Um, let's see. I never got the. I never got to take troubles' temperature. I never got to take troubles to Bible study. That's that's what my brain says because I know that our 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 lovely host Rev is not here. Um, talking about doing filthy sex acts with the. With the deceased, yeah, it sounds Lee. like I never got to suck trouble's dick. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Whoa, it's... whoa! <laughs> I'm sorry. And she, she, she filled in. She filled in the wheel of fortune. I never got to hug troubles next. See, you guys are always take things to the extreme. But speaking of people taking things to the extreme, smooth transition. I'm on my game today. It was recently the 20th anniversary of arguably one of the greatest shows of all time. Which is the wire. Heavy on argument. I was gonna say the same thing, bro. That, bro season how, five. How how let's hey, let's let's not let's not get ahead of the lead. All right, so that's fine. There's been there's been various lists out here that have said the wire is like one of the greatest shows of all time. And I've I've seen it, it goes back and forth depending on how you, you slice it up. However, what I will not stand for is this propaganda that somebody pushed that the opening scene in season three, I believe where Snoop is in the fake home Depot getting the nail gun talking to the white dude is one of the greatest scenes in TV history. I will not subscribe to that. And you guys get on Twitter and get gaslit by white, white men, not melanated people on barstool Twitter accounts posting that up and propping that up and y'all just ate it up and i'm like you guys can't this is an unserious tweet like they're literally recycling a tweet somebody else put out because it's going to get them promotion on their page just like with hip-hop just like with anything that's culturally um heavy in the black culture we need to let them stay silent stop retweeting these people stop trying to dunk and get your quote retweet off from these people all you're doing is giving them free promotion and free marketing it's all a marketing scheme, and you guys eat it up every time. Now this propaganda is out there. Now he's going to go on his podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I was on Twitter, and I gave my take, and these people were coming at my neck, and ka 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 No, sir. Stop doing it. But I-, I tweeted out that, like, yo, this is one of the most overrated scenes in TV history. Expecting to get packed up. But I actually didn't get packed up because I know what I'd be talking about. Like, only, like, literally one person came for me or two people. And I'm going to look at the tweets here shortly, but um, Los is a ardent Wire supporter. And I would yes. like to get his takes on why he thinks The Wire is such a great show. And I want to I want to preface this by saying that this man does not find Rihanna attractive, so you have to take whatever he says out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, this nigga. Go oh, ahead. This nigga. <laughs> oh, this nigga right here. reason I think The Wire is the best show ever made, period. It just the, the writing, the replay value of the show, it's basically in my opinion, art imitating life. Um, a lot of those characters, because I, I went to school up there in Baltimore uh, for uh, undergrad, 
And so a lot of those characters were based off of real people. And just the feel of that city was very much um, illustrated on that show, The Wire. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of big names, big name actors that came from that show. Um, I'm not sure why Michael B. Jordan's ass was on that poster the other day. Because, like, I, I think, I think uh, Southbridge mentioned it. Um, no reason, dog. And again, that's complex. Another hype beast organization that is retroactive dick eating. There's no way Wallace should be on that poster at all. I mean, at he, all. that's I mean, the scene where he, you know, well, sorry if you, if you haven't seen the show, okay, I don't know what to tell you at this point. It's right there on HBO Max. But when Wallace dies, and like, and um, what's his name? Season um, one, Bodie and uh, Poot. No, was it Bodie and Poot? Yeah, Bodie yeah, and, and Poot. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, they gun, they, they, they gun them down and whatever. That was like, that was a hard scene to watch. They were friends, and that was like, that was really, that was really tough, tough scene to watch. But like, you know, you know, Michael B. Jordan disappeared for a little bit, then he popped up, you know, and became a big star. But he's not his character. Wallace was not a main. You know, he was a, he was a center point in season one. Not, not even a center point. He was just, he was just another character, like. Let me see who runs comics. Well, I mean, it, I, I, I guarantee you, a bunch of white people. When I say center point, I mean they needed they needed that character because he saw he saw who killed Omar's um, boy. You know, they needed that to kind of like push the story a little forward. Uh, forward. And so that's why I say he was. You know, at some point, he was the main focal point later on that season. Um, but and go back to your point about uh, I guess I think it's the greatest scene when it referred to Snoop at the Home Depot. Uh, yeah, they, people are saying that's the the greatest scene, or like one of the greatest scenes in TV history. It's, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not even the greatest scene on that on that show. Hell, it's not even the greatest scene of that season. What the hell? The hell? Like, exactly. There was, so many, there was so many great scenes. I think I, I hell, I even sent you like a quote from uh, we'll call it from um, I think it was uh, not Daniels. It was, oh gosh, what's the guy? Uh, it was uh, Bunny, um, Bunny Colvin. Yeah, you know where the quote is like. You know, is Baltimore gentlemen, the gods will not save you. That is such a hard. That is such a cold quote because it represents the fucking city of Baltimore. That that Baltimore is like no freaking joke. You know, back then I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it is right now. I mean, I'm, I can't imagine it being. But it's a little bit. It's a little bit better. But it's like, no, that city was really like that. And so, no one remember that damn scene with, with Snoop and shit. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. By the way, so like when I went to school um, up up there, right? I was a film major, and a lot of it was a class I took that uh, some like the makeup artists, and hell, even one of the actors came um, came to our class, like you know, talk to us or whatever. Uh, the, I think the actor from um, season five, he, I think he worked at the newspaper, the white guy, older white guy, came up came to us uh, senior year talking about you know, we asked him questions and all that shit. And this dude was like literally the worst guest speaker ever, because this man just started rambling on like a simple question was like, "Oh, how did you get into like the newspaper business, and how, or how did you get into acting?" And he would start rambling on and start talking about how he used to be very suicidal, and like in the middle of our, you know, in the middle of his like you know, rant. And he just went on to like a whole tirade to the point where our professor had to like cut it short. But like, um, and also I think I met um, Poot one day um, a while back. 
I was like, man, hey, poop, man, like, look here, hey, dude, I really like you, you know, why and all that stuff. That dude is, <laughs> you know that guy's hairline, how his hairline looks like this fucked up? The worst of all time. T- t- I, arguably I, one of the worst hairlines of all time in TV history. That shit is ass. Seeing it in person was just unbelievable. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> how does this happen? Also, he was so drunk. Shack. I was like, I was like, like praising him or whatever. He was like, "Hey, man, that, that's good, man. You know, you know, keep up the good work, man. You know, I'm proud of you. Proud of me? I don't. You don't even know me. What the hell are you proud of me for? Like, no, but he was, he was so, he was so, so fucked up. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, look here. It's, I, I still think it's better than The Sopranos. It's not. But go ahead. I, go I, I, I think, I think, it's, I, I think it's better than Sopranos. By not even hand. close. Not even close. Not even close. I think I think the wire has more replay value than the Sopranos. Absolutely not. I, wow. I absolutely, I absolutely, I would stand on that. More replay value. And you're gonna fall every time. It does not have more replay value no. than Sopranos. Not even no, close. No, it's it, it, no one, no one. You don't ever hear anyone say as much as the so as much as the wire or Breaking Bad get all like you know the praises of being like the best shows ever. You don't hear that about the Sopranos. You just Damn. don't. Griselda Griselda literally calls themselves the Black Soprano family. I've never heard any rappers being like, oh, we the wire. Oh, we bubbles, crackhead. You know what I'm saying? I don't even hear people referencing Omar like that. And he was the most gangster person on the show. Like, stop. Like, the Sopranos Sopranos has replay value in so many ways that you were, like, low-key disrespecting. Like, we talk about groundbreaking shows. Groundbreaking shows. Tony Soprano was the first like show that where people were rooting for like the villain, right? He set off that like without the Sopranos, you don't get Breaking Bad. You don't get shows like that. You don't right? get the wire either. Exactly. That, Shit. We're, no, we're in a, a generation that talks about mental health. Sopranos, he was in the he was in getting mental health therapy from the beginning to the end. The show is about family. The show was low key like a comedy. That shit has got so many quotable, memorable moments, memorable scenes and better characters. Like, there's at least four like C-list characters that are better than like some of the top tier characters on the wire. Period. I can't. I can't sit here and, and be. Well, I, I will say it is a comedy because a lot. It, it's funny by accident. It's like it's not really trying to be funny, but it's like it turned out to be funny. Fam, I be in, I be watching that shit dying. Like, yo, these people are insane. You know, Polly. I, I think I sent you that that uh that uh clip with Polly when they found out video was gay and like if Polly's like. AIDS? And Tony's like, nobody has AIDS. I don't want to hear that word again. You know, it's just such a. It's, I'll give you that. It's 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 really funny. You know, I can't I can't sit here and be like it's more quotable than the wire. I think the wire is more quotable. Nah, bro. Stop, man. That's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm not look. I'm not, and I'm I'm saying this as not being no fanboy or anything like that. I'm just I'm being honest. I, I cannot name. I can't give you that many. I, mean, I can barely, barely give you one quote from The Sopranos, like honestly. But I can give you a whole bunch of quotes from The Wire. Like The Wire is like, you know, you know, it's a very credible show. I don't know what to tell y'all. I, I'm not, not, I'm not saying the, not, it's not my take on Rihanna. I like The Sopranos. I like The Sopranos a whole lot. I just think, I just think The Wire is slightly better. That's all. Oh, and one more thing. One more thing. Uh, uh, you mentioned about I think you said some rap group mentioned like the, they call themselves the Black uh, Sopranos. Yes, Griselda. Yeah. But like, 
history has shown like a lot of rappers always mimic mafia, you know, movies and they quote that shit all the time. So that's nothing special, in my opinion. But Lil Wayne got all his stuff from New Jack City, though, bro. So you know, if the wire was fired, like you said it was, I'm pretty sure somebody would have picked up on that. Yeah. From, like, from, like, from New Jack City. What the fuck does New Jack City have to do with the wire? I'm just saying, like, Lil Wayne got all his Carter stuff from New Jack City. And then, like, CMB, that's all, that was um all from New Jack City. But, so yeah, but you also got to remember, right? So, like, when the wire was on, it was going up, it was overshadowed by the Sopranos. And so every season... I wonder why. The obviously <laughs> superior show of the two, bro. But, but, but look here, but so, so people weren't, but people didn't get catch up, people didn't catch on to that shit, you know, for for several reasons, right? So you can just be like, all right, you got this show, you got this, um, you have the Sopranos, very popular, already been out for a couple of years, and you got to show The Wire. Uh, you can you can argue the casting people because they for the, for a show like that to be considered one of the best shows ever made, for it to not ever get nominated for award is very questionable, very questionable, right? And so, and like every show that ever on on HBO got awards from like Entourage, Sex and the City, all those shows got nominated, at least nominated. You mean tell me the Wire could not get nominated? I mean, it just you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying this. They may be a little bit of conspiracy about how they were trying to get rid of the show, but you know. So. They, let me get let me get my take off. So one pushback that I got, I'm, uh, I added him on Twitter. I guess he's busy, can't come on. But um, I got pushed back from at Multiverse Wise Stepper Slice Platinum, and what he was saying, and I was asking like, hey, he said I was gonna get packed up for my take, and he said that that scene, he said I quote, it sets up the theme of the season that quote unquote dumb when folks are smart as long as they have, as long as they can rate things in terms applicable to them. It's hilarious to do solely realize he's not selling to a handy woman or carpenter. And my response to that to uh, Nate, shout out to I got a Grammy, is that it's the same response I had to him. Um, is that I think that makes the scene interesting, but best scene in TV history, even that show, not even close. Like, if you miss that scene, like if you were to like fall asleep or miss that episode or like, you know, walk out the room and miss that scene literally nothing in the show changes like you're not missing anything it's like this going to set up like he's trying to say it sets up all this stuff in the rest of the show it really doesn't like cool yeah. you talk to a guy at home depot that's really cool like when you say something like that that it's like one of the best scenes of all time you're putting it on like the ending of the soprano or like the red wedding of game of thrones stuff that shifted the culture and pop culture as far as like discussion and discourse like people are still talking about the end sopranos to this day like if you say the red wedding people who watch game of thrones or even people that are vaguely aware of the show know what's going on like they know what time it is like if you're like oh yeah if you miss the red wedding like that's a big piece of the show if you miss the end of sopranos the big piece of the show if you miss that scene you just keep watching the show like nothing happened so again that's that's blasphemy to even like say that but again y'all like bar stool gas all up with that nonsense so I, I think the only thing that the only thing that that scene um shows are is that um uh, Chris Parlow is like that that's the main weapon they're gonna use to like board up the um uh, the bandos. And so yeah, you can miss that episode and not wonder well how well I wonder how they got that um that uh that um nail gun. 
you know, he can, he can, he can get, he can get by it. He can be written off, off like you know, without like having that scene. That scene, there's nothing special about that scene. You know, I may disagree with you on a lot of things, but I absolutely will on, on your side when, you know, why bar suits? Fuck bar suit, man. Bar suit is not. Shit. Yeah, it's not for the culture. We can't. Yeah, no, we can't not, yeah it's like, and and there and the thing is, a lot of people who like because the, the wire was kind of like you know kind of forgotten when a lot of Sopranos was on. Like once the Sopranos ended, and the wire, people started like, like I didn't know hell. I didn't know wire ended, and then people started rewatching it and realized, oh shit, this show is actually, you know, actually pretty strong. And so, I think a lot of people just were just late to the party on that shit. Really late, because there's still people that say, I've never seen an episode of The Wire, and I was like, how? How could you not? Yeah, I put somebody else The Wire of the day. Like, it's again, it's a show I recommend, but, like, I will recommend that you watch Sopranos first, because it's a superior show in literally every aspect that you can think of. Um, one thing that, that I will say, too, regarding The Wire, and I tweeted this out when I rewatched it, like, two and a half times or one and a half times, is that like the show could have ended after season three and it we'd have been fine. Like we could have lived without season four and season five. I I I can agree with that also. because um, at the end of season three, everything's wrapped up. Avon goes back to jail and they catch it with Stringer. They could have rolled off in the sunset, and then that, that might have changed my opinion on the like the show, like, all right, cool. But season four and season like season five was really uh, Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't bad, but I think it was ten episodes for a reason. Like it was the the every other season was I think eleven, twelve yeah. or thirteen episodes, and that was ten. With the finale being like an hour and some change, but it was just unnecessary. It's like what like McDonald's was out there like faking people's death and stuff like that. Like that was it was it was just really weird, man. You know, you know when uh, I first saw that uh, season five, I thought it was I thought it was really strong when I first saw it. But this was when I was, like back in college. But going like looking back at it now. That is the weakest season, and the season that I didn't like initially, which was season two, I like season season two a whole lot more than I did in the past. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that's everybody's uh, everybody's uh, point or vantage point. I was the same way um, when I first watched. It, I was like, yo, like I don't know what's going on, but I, when I rewatched it, I'm like, all right, low key season two might be my favorite. And season two probably has the best acting and best character on the show, which I don't want to get his name wrong. <laughs> the Greek? No, nah, not the Greek. Oh, no, not <laughs> Frank. Frank Sabaka. Oh, oh, oh. Frank Sabaka. Sound like something from Zabatka. Chris, like Chris Bauer. John that, that man, that man, boy, he put his foot in his acting role in that shit. Yeah. And it was crazy because I think I watched. Um, before I watched The Wire, I was watching uh, True Blood, and he plays a character on True Blood, and I was like, damn, he, he is two completely different people. He has a, a crazy uh, New Orleans accent on True Blood, and then he's this guy in this show, and he he, 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 he did do this thing, man. Like he, he put his foot in that role, man. So like I said, low-key, season two was probably one of the better seasons of The Wire in, in its entirety, so, but... Oh, uh, and well, yeah. one, this time, to all... Uh, Piggyback on something you said a second ago about season three. Season three, yeah. A technically again, they they were trying every year they were on the verge of getting canceled. So season three was set up to the point where, all right, they're not sure they're gonna get renewed. 
so this is tie wrap everything up right here. And if we get new, renewed, great, we'll work something out. But yeah, season three was gonna be the end. Um, and so when it came, I, I, I like season four a lot actually. I do like season four a lot. Um, it helped at the, at the end of season four. They could they could end that they could end it there, but you know they still had Marlo lurking around, which you know I think Marlo is one of the most diabolical villains um, in television. So. Facts. So definitely check out uh, the wire, but check out the Sopranos first. It's better. Uh, and then moving... watch Breaking Bad after the Sopranos, bro. And then watch the Wire. I mean, you could slide in a couple of other shows before that. Um, first four yeah, seasons like of Dexter. True Blood is kind of. Uh, hey, True Blood a good movie, a good show, bro. Except for the for, last season. For the first like four seasons, and that shit got. Bad. It was rocket launchers and fairies. And then the ending was really bad. Like the ending was somewhat necessary. Like they could have did it much better than they did it. Like I, I don't know. But HBO has a thing with endings that they got to get. They got to get right. Game of Thrones. You could probably Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'll say Game of Thrones falls in the same way. Like people just get tired of the show and be like, all right, let's just wrap this shit up. Yeah. So it is. It is what it is. Um. So. uh what else happened? So uh, since we got loose here, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit about sports, right? Uh, keeping it, keeping. It, so Richard Jefferson, he, in my opinion, had a terrible take about the NBA, right? So essentially, Richard Jefferson is staunchly against shortening the NBA season, and I'm like, why not? So his quote was, professional sports is not good in your body. It's supposed to separate people that can do it from the people that can't do it. Part of greatness is longevity. So let's dissect that a little bit. All right. Professional sports is not good on your body. So as a former professional athlete who's probably walking around aching all the time with your knees hurting, your back hurting, wouldn't you probably have benefited not having to play so many games and go to so many practices on getting so many flights? Like, this is, like, those people that vote against their own self-interest. Like, hey, you know, let's uh, keep guns restrictions minimal and then your family gets shot up. Like, why would you, why does, that doesn't even make any sense. All right, so second thing he said was, it's supposed to separate people that can do it from the people that can't do it. Fam, you don't need 82 games to know that you're, like, 6'7 and can jump out the gym. Like, 82 games, like, that clearly tells that they can do it and I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares? And then, like, the longevity thing. Like, fam, again, at the end of the day, I'm here to see a quality product. Like, there's been mad times where people will spend their life savings or save up the entire year to go see LeBron play their favorite team, and then he doesn't play because he needs to take a break, take some PTO. You know why? Because they have 82 games. If they didn't have 82 games, then now the games matter more, and the star players are going to be more likely not to sit out. So I, I just don't really, I don't really get that take. I don't know if he's being hot take-ish, but kind of get you guys' thoughts on that. Um, I don't really rock with basketball like that to begin with, and so I'll be... I don't either, that's what I'm saying. If, but if they had less games, I probably would. Yes, it, I feel like, like what, was it after the pandemic when they shortened the season, it seemed like it was like a race to get to the playoffs? Uh, yeah, like, it was like, I forget how many games... Um, they had that season, but it was really 
it was like felt like a real comp like a real race to like you know get to the top seeds but um yeah i think they should cut it down i'm not sure how many games but it needs to be cut down because there's a lot of wasted you know wasted days wasted uh games that no one really care about and if you have if you are somebody who like on this i don't know live in a small town like in like i don't know Memphis and LeBron James coming to town or the Lakers coming to town and you spend like a hundred and something dollars to see LeBron and oh he didn't travel with the team because it's a it's a Wednesday night game in freaking November. I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed. And so yeah, you know, cut that cut that shit in half and like, you know, make these games like make the regular season matter a little bit more. Like, I do realize if they cut it down, then it'll be certain accolades that'll never be achieved. Like, nobody will ever catch Kareem, LeBron, uh, even Jordan at this point, Kobe, any of those guys. Um, I mean, I get what you guys are saying. Like, I think where they should shorten it, they need to go back to five games in the first round. Let's have it a five-game series. Maybe even the first two rounds, just shorten it up around the playoffs and then roll into the sevens because you could potentially, even though this never happened, you could potentially end up playing damn near 28 additional games just in playoff games. Then you go to the FIBA world stuff, the Olympics, all those different things that these guys are doing. And, you know, basketball becomes a year round sport for them. I don't necessarily want them to cut the 82 just because, like I said, I feel like if you cut the 82, then the players that got certain accolades, you know, that's just going to be what it is. It'll be, it it takes somebody 30 years to catch Kareem on a 60 game schedule, maybe even 35 years, which is insane. But um, yeah, just cut, cut a little bit of the playoffs down a little bit um, and I'll be happy and I probably will go ahead and start it in November. I did like uh, what Los was talking about with the, the shortened season. Um, they did the bubble, basically. So um, they came in at, well, it was during the season. There was like a big break. Then they did like the bubble. You had to qualify to get into the play-in tournament. And then they started the actual tournament and then finished it off. Um, even if they, because I know they pitched the idea of doing like a mid-season tournament or tourney. Uh, But it just depends on how they do it. Because once again, you don't want to add too many games to the schedule. But I'm I'm fine with it. I don't watch every game on my team. Um, I watch a few games in the beginning. I watch like Christmas, All-Star break. And then I really start watching maybe about April is when I start watching. March, April. So, you know. So, Rev made the good point that like, why is it important these records are broken? And then also that I don't think 15 less games is going to change the record with the way that the three-point has kind of revolutionized the game and with players being probably more efficient with scoring. But, like, just make your making new records. Like, I I don't know. The, the records thing to me, I don't, I don't think – that goes to the whole, like, stat chasing where people get on, like, LeBron or Westbrook for, like, oh, I'm just going to get all these rebounds so I can have all these triple doubles or pad my stats, like – I'm more concerned with like the competitiveness of the team, the league. Like I think that should be more of a focal point versus like, Hey, I as an individual want to 
maybe have a chance to beat these records. I think your greatness can be defined without those records, if that makes sense. I mean, look like, at okay, it going... think... My bad. Go ahead, so, so think about it like this. Like LeBron James, he's been playing for 20 seasons. And he's run the rare athletes to taking care of his body to that point and still give him a straight NBA basketball. Like, imagine how his body would be or how fresh he would be and how much more basketball, how much better efficient basketball we could have got from LeBron if his entire career he played half the amount of games. Like, again, there wouldn't be the... Near Kareem's record, though. But, but why does that matter? We get more great LeBron. It, it, it means something to people. Like, those records, those all-time records. Like, I'll give you an example. Switching sports. To me, I find it extremely impressive that O.J. Simpson was able to do the 2014 games. If somebody does it in 17 games, it like it, it's not the same. Like even with the passing records now and things like that, with adding additional games, I feel like if we're keeping it above, like I don't know how many they played back in the 60s and the 70s for you know Wilt and stuff like that. I didn't watch him play, but some of those records, like all time records, they they just will never be broken. And I think that people deserve the opportunity to break them. They have load management if they don't want to play all the time. Like somebody had mentioned, I think it was Rev in the chat. Just do your load management. You shorten it that way. I'm just good with where it's at. I mean, it's half the amount of games as baseball. It's four times, five times as many as football, which I'm I'm cool with. Um, Yeah, I I just – it's a thrill for me. Like I like when – you get a guy like LeBron, and now, okay, well, he's in the 30,000-point range. Uh, he's probably going to finish with all sorts of accolades. And it's like, what if Kate Cunningham is the next big thing, but we're down only like a 50-game season or a 60-game season? He'll never be able to catch those accolades. Okay, but let's pivot to another sport with football. With the way the game's revolutionized with passing, you have people that have these records, and some of these records don't be anything anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it, it, it doesn't matter because we know what great is. Like, Dan Marino, like, back when he played, having a 4,000-yard season was a big deal. Now, literally any bum-ass quarterback can do that, but we know that, hey, they're not Dan Marino. Dan Marino, we know that they are great versus that, hey, these are just numbers. Like, even if LeBron were never to, quote-unquote, catch somebody or whatever because of the, the counting numbers, we still know that he's one of the greatest players of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like that that to me that that doesn't that doesn't really do anything. But I mean that that's neither here nor there because the NBA is greedy and they're never going to do anything that's gonna make them any less money. So it's kind of a, a moot point, but true. Because I was just saying on the flip side of that, football did extend their season yeah. from sixteen to seventeen games. So now we got eighteen weeks and last season um Cooper Cup was on the verge of breaking Megatron's record and everybody was like, well, oh, well, he had an extra game to do it. And I was like, well, that, does that really change anything? And then, so say that now we shorten the NBA season, they won't get the chance to break those records, but I don't know. Like, it's great to brag on, like, hey, he got the most, like, rebounds or assists in a single season, but at the end of the day, does that really change, like, if you win a championship or not, like, oh, you'd have less games to get this amount of points. But at the end of the day, your team just won an NBA title. I feel like that's more important than getting uh, individual stats. 
Now, granted, I can say that as I don't really watch basketball like that, like I used to. So nobody on my team is like good enough to get those individual stats. But I don't think like if you told if you go back to 2007 and told LeBron James you're going to play 60 games in a season, you think he would have been like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Or do you think he would have just been like, I'm going to play 60 games a season and, and try to get as many championships as I can. And then you tell him he's going to play 20 years anyway. I think he probably would have looked at that better than he would have like, oh, I got to play 82 games over 20 years. And that's like what? It, like just off the top of my head, 20 years, 80. That's what, 6,000 games? Not counting uh, practices, Olympics. Practice, Olympics, uh, the playoffs. That's a lot of basketball games to be playing. And like it's he's playing 48 minutes a lot of those games. I don't think too many people would be like, hell yeah, sign me up for that shit. Yeah. Shout out to LeBron James, who is now uh, a billionaire. So good good for him. Shout out to our, our Black Kings getting that bag. And he, he does give back to the community, you know. And I, I would like to credit his success to the uh, one page of every book he's read in his life. <laughs> um, that's definitely what propelled him to his billionaire status. So I challenge all you kings and queens to find uh, these books and just read the first, like, two pages. That's all you need. Don't worry about the rest of that stuff. Especially the Malcolm X autobiography. Just read the first page and then <clears throat> become a billionaire. Facts. Big facts. But uh, as we wrap, uh, I want to give a RIP to Atlanta rapper Trouble. And I, I don't want to uh, minimize him as just an Atlanta rapper. I'm just reading what's from CBS 46. So I'm not really familiar with the the young man, but they are saying that the Rockdale County Sheriff's Department has issued an arrest warrant for a 33-year-old Atlanta man, Michael Jones, in connection with the murder of rapper Trouble. Uh, Trouble's legal name was uh, Mario Orr, was shot and killed early Sunday morning outside his apartment complex in Conyers. Uh, the Rockdale Police Department confirmed this. Um, they said that he discovered Orr lying on the ground with a gunshot wound. He was transported to an area hospital where he was later pronounced dead. Uh, Apparently, he was a, a fan favorite among a lot of people on my Twitter timeline. I follow a lot of people from Atlanta. Um, I definitely would go back and check his catalog. I might even, the name sounds familiar. I might have some tracks on like a playlist somewhere. So I'll definitely go back and run up his streams. Hopefully, he has like his, the rights to his music so his uh, family can benefit off that. Um, it's truly, again, this kind of goes full circle back to the gun control argument. You know, the whole, like, guns don't kill people. Like, guns literally kill people. And it's happening at a a rate that almost makes you want to stay inside. And especially in Atlanta, with all the things going on with YSL uh, and all the, the murders going on out there and potentially Young Thug going to prison, who's, uh, I think his bail was denied as well. Um, so, yeah. And one thing that I did want to point out in the group chat, and I don't want to be too hot takey, but just understand that Literally like a week ago, people were getting upset that the feds were going after a young thug for allegedly, you know, running a gang and putting bodies on the street, right? But then when there's a body put in the street, everybody's sadding up in arms. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't you can't have both. Like, again, it sucks that they're going after a rapper. It is what it is. However if young thug is responsible for putting bodies on the streets and taking people away from their families, then he got to go to jail. Hell yeah. And, and that's one of the things that eliminates possibly people 
other people getting killed. Like that's that's just I kind of want people to keep that same energy and look at it from both perspectives. So I saw a lot of people just like kind of deriding, you know, YSL and Future or whatever. Not Future, I'm sorry, uh, Young Thug, but not looking at like the families of people that lost their lives and lost their loved ones. So, like I said, man, we we got to stop the violence. Um, it's never a good thing. Things can be resolved without pistol play. Um, and, and just keep that in mind. Like, and again, just be aware of your surroundings, you know, be aware of the energy people are hating. If things look sketchy, you know, sometimes you need to have a monopoly night or a, a spades night at the house. Like you don't really need to always be out in the streets being in the mix. Shout out to uh lethal Saint Jeff Queen. She has had her 30th birthday. She's out in the streets, but she made it back home safe. So yeah, definitely uh happy belated to her, but just kind of be safe, man, who you surround yourself with and, and the areas that you're at. Like, I get it. And I don't know if this situation was going to tie into this. Like a lot of people, rappers, athletes, you know, come from impoverished areas and they kind of want to go back to those areas or stay in those areas and maintain some level of like street credibility or whatever. Like be fake, get out of there, get as far away from the people as you can. A lot of people don't have good intentions for you. When you get money, you can definitely get back to your community, which is always good, but you don't need to prove anything to anybody. Take care of you and yours and be safe out there. Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I got one thought. It's, it's, it's been a weird weekend, actually. I'm not sure if you, you saw some of my tweets late last night, because uh, I got some horrible news going to going back into D.C. last night. Um, a, a friend of mine was gunned down um, um, right outside of his car in an area where I'm, I am I hang out at a lot. Not when I say hang out, is like I hang out at people's houses and, like, you know, I still remote. I do, like, you know, work remotely. You know, sometime in the city, but um, I was supposed to I was supposed to go into the city a little earlier, and I was gonna stop by that house, um, earlier in the day. But somebody kept like pulling me back and slowing me up from um, coming from where I stay at down to these like to that part of DC and Northeast. And so I had a friend hit me up, and like it very distraught, and they they were. I couldn't really say too much about what happened. And so I said, well, I get down there, you know, I'll hit you back up. And so some hours went by and uh, I hit him back up and they were like, yo, yeah, you know, our homie got like, you know, gunned down. And I'm like, what? And like, when I went over there, like that evening, they broke it down to me and all that stuff. And like, you know, me walking back to my car felt really dicey you know and hell even like the whole night even when i went back there and this happened last night this all this happened last night right and so when i went back um this morning to where it happened and mind you again i parked in the same spot where this dude i parked right across across from him where he parks at and so when i got out of the car and still to see you know blood in the street and like gore in the street it really, you know, I, I think hell, I said it last night, beware of your surroundings. You know, um, I don't know what what transpired for him to get like uh, shot and all that stuff, but you know, it's 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 a dangerous time, and all I can think of is what if I was like happy walking to my car with him. He walked to his car, I walked to my car, and the person came out who was looking for him. 
get both of us, you know. I have nothing to do with whatever happened with him and, you know, whatever, like, you know, misunderstanding there was. And to be honest, if there's a misunderstanding, hell, do fight. Do get, you don't have to pull out a gun. Come on. Just, there's other ways of handling, like, you know, resolving issues, you know. And hell, and the thing is, the crazy thing about this shit is, tomorrow's his birthday. And so, this shit is, like, like when I said, when I said, like, I got horrible news last night, that shit was horrible. And so, um, yeah, a lot of like, like people like, you know, talk about, you know, um, Young Thug and Gunner and all that shit. Again, if they involved with this shit and people, the motherfuckers are dying, man. That shit, this shit is not, like, I saw this fool, this guy's, like, blood was still fresh on the ground this morning. You know, gore. You know, he was, he was shot multiple times, five in the body and one in the dome. It's like, I have I've never seen anything like that. I've never been around anybody who like I haven't known anyone who like has like has been close to me who's like to come to like gun violence. And so yeah, no, this this shit this shit is ridiculous. It's there's no reason why we as a community should be constantly like killing each other like this. There's nothing there's no reason for this shit. It's like inexcusable. Like, you, can, you cannot, you cannot convince me that this shit, you know, is the best way, the best option. And so, yeah, I spent most of the day uh, in D.C. trying to, like, you know, help, you know, console my friends and stuff. But they, they all live together, and so, you know, yeah, it's like watch your surroundings and it's just, you know, again, Mike something told me to stick like. Don't come in the city right then and there. I'm not sure what it was, but someone kept slowing me down and stopping me from getting into that car because I want to go right over there because I always over that over there, you know. And in, I won't and I won't say it make it sound like it's some hood or whatever, but in this part of DC, it's 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 a little dicey. It has a histor- it has history of like you know violence in the past, but it's not somewhere that I wouldn't walk around, you know, by myself like. Will fear, so yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Well, definitely condolences to him, his family, yourself. Definitely, uh, take care of your mentals, um, and <clears throat> kind of pr- protect your peace in that situation. Just again, just we gotta, gotta be kind of, gotta be more aware. We we gotta kind of, and, and I go like, I know music and TV is entertainment, but we gotta make sure that we're, we're preaching to the younger folks that, like, yo, you know, violence isn't always the answer well pistol play like you can fight but like you don't need to just be like shooting because like death is real like it's it's not like a game it's not real it's not a game like when you kill somebody again you can just restart it but life is too short man but you're not coming back you're not coming back you know you only got one you got one life at this joint so yeah yes so kind of so i don't want to end it on a super negative note but um i kind of want to pivot and on a lighter note there was something we talked about prior to the podcast starting and Lowski brought some new information to light. And now we have to talk about this. So there's a gentleman on Twitter. He is very prominent on Twitter. He gets a lot of tweets off. Um, his name is, let's see. He hate me at Barky books, right? So he made a tweet to the other day 
that said, I leave my house at 545 to work two jobs. I don't get home until 830 p.m. and I can't afford to keep gas in my car. You think I'm going to sit up here and not be vocal about this shithole we call the United States of America? You're sadly mistaken. Right. And that's a that's a sentiment that I think a lot of people agree with. Right. That uh, gas is too high. Rent's too high. Everything's too high. Right. But for whatever reason, they sent that man to the gulag for his tweet. So I'm going to read some of these quote tweets. Um, let's see. Essentially, people are calling him broke. Um, somebody said this man went to buy him look lit to and were we hungry? Um, da, 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 da. And I, I guess it's men's mental health month. So people are just like packing him up. Um, talking about the replies and quote retweets are crazy. You could be up one day and down the next. Cause I guess he like to say has a big Twitter following, but the thing is like social media doesn't always equal money. If that makes sense, like people just see somebody's popping on Twitter or Instagram, but they're usually just regular, regular people. You know what I'm saying? Like living the same life and struggle that other people live in. But again, he's uh he he's getting packed up pretty bad. Like somebody said, brush at his personal experience, and y'all been on his ass for a whole day for no reason. Um, let's see. Da da da. Anyways, yeah, they're putting him to the ringer. However, Losey just sent me a tweet that he tweeted out earlier at some point. Uh, shit, he tweeted this tweet out like yesterday? Nah, the early, yeah, he tweeted this tweet out yesterday before the tweet saying he can't afford to pay gas. They posted a tweet from the KLA News saying, whew, uh, gas prices in Northern California are charging nearly $10 a gallon. And he tweeted out, just hustle harder. Y'all got it. So I have no sympathy for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you're going to be out here making jokes, you got you to gotta, you gotta be able to dish it and take it, dog. Because, like, hey, man, I feel, I feel a little bad for you. But, hey, man, you, you, you earned this pack watch. Like, that's all on you, bro. Like, you just, just shut the fuck up. Like it's 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 funny when somebody else is paying ten dollars for gas, but now you can't afford to fill up your car working two jobs. Maybe you need to evaluate your budget. Maybe you need to triage your resources a little better. Maybe you don't need to be tweeting from an iPhone. Maybe you need to be tweeting from a jitterbug or something like that. Like you you need to chill out now. Maybe McDonald's isn't for you. Maybe you need to get the the loaf of bread, some mayonnaise, some bologna. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to cut back, buddy. Like get your life together. Cancel your maybe ride a bike. Yeah, only fans accounts, <laughs> or or maybe start an only fans. You know what I'm saying? Like multiple streams of income. You know, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Nah, I mean, uh, I I mean, I only have one job, so I can't speak to the brother's experience. But I do know what it is like to be struggling to make ends meet. And to be honest, what he said was 100 percent true. Inflation is growing crazy. Gas is damn near $5 where I live. And that is insane, but that's not a thought that I've not had for the last, I want to say, I've been on Twitter since like 2010, but I've had that thought since 2010. When we were in recession during the Obama years, and it was just always crazy to me how people would get on Twitter and call people broke. And I was like, Brother, national, like back then, the national 
average for income was like around thirty-five to forty thousand dollars, and I think now it's around fifty thousand dollars. And I and that was wait fourteen years ago, and it was like the needle hasn't moved that much, and the people are still like it's the same thing. The gas prices, rent prices are going up. People aren't getting paid enough. And my thing was like, he was being honest, but people will call you broke any day of the week on Twitter. And I even said by next weekend, somebody is going to get called broke and it's going to be all jokes. dog. Like there's a meme of some dude from a Yahoo's dudes article. They just use this picture talking about people not having money. When people say they broke, they just post this picture and everybody know what they're talking about. But <clears throat> like some people are saying, like, dude, dude, get some reckless tweets off. So it's like a double-edged sword. Like, you can be honest on Twitter, but you got to know your audience. Like, once that tweet leaves your audience, anybody can see it. And it's rough out there because I don't think Twitter is that place to get those kind of, like, transparency-level tweets off to be you have a a viewpoint that you're trying to push and nobody and like somebody could just come in and be like yeah well you broke as fuck nigga get another job it's that easy and you will get packed up like i can literally tweet right now i like cinnamon toast crunch and somebody will call me a loser and say that captain crunch is better because that's twitter it is Yep. So uh, again, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe he's just you know maybe putting out more jokes, but I don't know. People again, people do things on Twitter to go viral. He 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 probably might have known he was gonna do that because he knows people look up tweets. So maybe that's just him messing around. But sentiment still stands the same. Like <clears throat> if you can't uh, take it, definitely don't dish it. But again, we appreciate y'all checking us out. Definitely support us. Uh, drop a like. Subscribe. Again, our goal is to 100 followers on Spotify. So if you're listening now and have not subscribed to us on Spotify, please go ahead and do that. We appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on all streaming platforms, Apple, SoundCloud, whatever you listen to, whatever your, your, your flavor is. We always appreciate it. You guys got any shout-outs? Check out my podcast. Uh, yes, another podcast is on, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Real Fun DC app, uh, and Apple um, Podcasts. Here are all my very bad takes and much more. Yes, on how Rihanna is not one of the most beautiful women in the world. Lowski, what do you got, buddy? She usually is. Like, bro, what the hell you want? <laughs> Check out, come on to the podcast, you'll find out. <laughs> got any shout outs, Lowski? Uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah. Shout out to the Lightning and fuck the Rangers, bro. Fuck New York. All right, uh, Tech, what do, you, what do you got, buddy? Uh, not any real shout outs, just um, make sure y'all check out uh, Mrs. Davis by Gucci Mane. I've been uh, bumping that all day. Uh, pretty fun song. Uh, shout out to Marcus Sniffles, Rev at Rev Run. I got a Grammy, you know, everybody that always fucks with us. Thank you uh, for fucking with us. Yes, and there will be an episode of Marcus on the podcast, Eating a Meat Mountain Live, so definitely tune in for that. This is a KTSCF podcast. We out. Peace. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm going to say it, Louis. I'm going to say it.